0: listening to the headhunting housewives podcast with your recruiter diane o'brien episode number 67 Headhunting Housewives. It's your recruiter, Diana O'Brien. It is early after six uh, here on a Tuesday morning in June um, in my usual spot watching the sun come up and thinking about all you ladies out there starting your day. I was walking around the yard this morning with coffee and just checking out the, um, just the beauty of June morning with all the birds and the flowers and um, just hearing the car start in the neighbors' houses that are going to work. And, you know, I can see the young moms leaving um, their homes and the nannies that are coming to take care of the kids. Um, in a couple hours, um, like yesterday, we went off for a hike in the Jeep. Um, we could see the moms and dads walking their kids up to the bus stop like I was doing, you know, years ago. And it made me really think of you, um, especially you women this morning, because I was looking at um, my audience, you know, when you do these podcasts, what's cool about this is that you get analytics. And so I can go through like Anchor, who I used to do the podcast, or you can check out, I think Spotify gives the analytics, and you can really see who's watching you or listening to you, right? And uh, I found it interesting because when I first started doing this last year, um, even though I was trying to speak or trying to find all you women out there, I wasn't doing it. I didn't know why, but it was all men listening to me. So I'm like, this is so typical. I've spent, you know, 20 years of my career and I was typically almost always the only woman. If not, maybe one other at the table or in the conference or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and a big goal of mine in starting this podcast was to reach out to more of you women, you know, to help you become recruiters if you wanted, or just really get into your business and anything that can help empower you to do what you want to do. Um, on the business side, I've, I've put a clear focus and intention on helping women, especially higher level executive women get better paying jobs, which has been, um, has been great because it's kind of up my game too, to deal with more of the C-level women, which have helped me in turn. And it's been easier hiring, more lucrative hiring. Um, but my point, what's really nice about, um, as I was thinking about today and watching kind of the world work around me as I was uh, thinking, um, was I pulled up the analytics. And finally, there's been a little tipping point. It took a whole year, but it's over 50% women <laughs> that are now listening to me. And hey, I'm glad that you men are listening too. That's no problem. I want to help everybody that gets anything from this, but it's just been important that I think the women out there are often underserved, under mentored. We often feel alone, and um, and I want to make sure you have kind of a guiding source if needed, especially you had Hunting Housewives out there, um, to really know the plan of your future. The other thing that I liked about the analytics, I can actually see the ages you know, of the people that are listening. And it's not only you mostly women, finally, um, but also you're in the mid-20s to mid-40s, which is really awesome because I'm 47 now, right? So I did my 20 years, and I'm still doing it again because it's fun. And I can retire at any point now and have retired from recruiting, but everything I do is referrals. So when I get calls and they look like fun, I take them on, right? So I can always do my uh, jobs per quarter and still take off the summer and, and get back to it in the fall. I kind of go with the flow and what comes my way and it's worked out really well. Um, but it hasn't always been that way. And so I often think of you ladies that are in your mid-20s um, especially through your 30s and into your 40s where, you know, let's say you're doing this and you want to see the light. You don't want to do this forever. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it forever because I'm still doing it. Um, but you do it because you love it and you want to do it. I think like any job, you don't want to be there because you have to or for the paycheck. But if all the money was already scrolled away and you already had all your dreams kind of come true and the mortgages were paid off and the cars were paying cash and everything was kind of check, check, checked then what would you do? If you'd still be doing it, awesome. And that's how I kind of feel about recruiting. I still do it because you know what? I have my days, I have my time, you know, I have healthy children that are grown. Um, You know, everything is for the most part, I feel like knock on wood, set in place pretty good where I can kind of focus on recruiting, investing if I wanted or writing or, you know, fun stuff um, or recruiting. And recruiting, I, I still get a lot of pleasure from it. I'm still learning a lot from it. But there's a beauty in not having to do it. And I did not always feel that way. For a lot of my 20s and 30s, especially, it felt like a hustle. It felt like a grind, you know. When I was getting into the car in the morning, like I watch ladies around here get in the car to leave home. I remember all the days where, you know, I felt like I was having to pay the piper, so to speak, or you know, when you pay your dues. I was up at 5:30 in the morning, not to sit in my sunroom and watch the sunrise, but up at 5:30 because I had to catch a plane, you know, out to California to stay there three days, you know, for executive searches and interviews of people I was meeting and. You know, that was what made me 10 years ago, but 10 years before that in my 20s, you know, I was working as a young recruiter hiring for GE. And so I was flying around the whole country, um, meeting people in every state, you know, for sales teams at that time that I was hiring. And so even though it was still fun and I was growing and learning a lot and feeling very lucky for the job that I had at such a young age. I was gonna make great money in recruiting and it's taken me through my whole career. Um, it's helped me kind of get into other passions that I love, obviously like recruiting investing, which really um, is a steadier form of cash flow to be honest. I my recruiting, I kinda do what I want and then when I don't want, you know, I take the breaks. But you have to remember in recruiting if you're taking a break, unless you want to build a little powerhouse recruiting firm which I got away from, I did that for a short period, but didn't really want the employees, um, to be honest, and I just wanted to be me, maybe a partner or two, um, and a few ladies helping recruit. I always it super simple and then got away from the employee side, W-2, and went more to 1099 side of those helping me with the recruiters, new ladies that want help and working with me because um, I want to keep it very simple. The only downside of the recruiting that way you have to keep in mind is when you stop working, the money's not always coming in, right? Unless you have a recruiting business you want to grow. And that's that's a facet that could do very well also. For me, I put that time and um, energy instead of having time off completely out of recruiting like right now in the summer- to focus on what else would be fun and for me my mind went to real estate like I spoke about recently but I was able to create something that now when I'm not working money is still coming in every day and that's just grown and and so in many ways even though the recruiting side has grown also and I'm able to get bigger fees for less time. the real estate, which I'd say doesn't bring as much bang for the buck, you know, but it's a bigger or not bigger, but it's a, a steadier stream. So I can, you know, take off time and it's no money is coming in. And then when I jump into recruiting on a COO search or an executive search, I get that kind of bigger bang. Um, but it's a shorter spurt, right? I can get it done within three months. Um, I usually find the person within a month and then get the deal closed within three. So that way I can focus on kind of a quarter at a time. So I know in the fall, as you know, I love doing it um, through the winter. though this past winter, even though I still did CO searches, I was in Florida, so I'm not sure I'm not always gonna do winters anymore hunting. But for all my time through my 20s and 30s, like a lot of you ladies out there, Um, you know, winter was when I was wanting to just kill it, right? First quarter, that's the hiring season, right? A lot of companies are hiring and still a great time to make a lot of money. So uh, I'm wondering if I'll still always do that or not, but it's probably hard to step away from that even if I'm in Florida, (laughs) kind of semi-retired because everyone's hiring, right? Everybody wants you. Um, so, you know, just keep in mind that as you're kind of in the thick of it, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, but just know what your path will be. And it's, I know it's hard to figure that out that sometimes. And for me, I'll go through phases. I definitely feel like I take the summer to kind of get a little unclear, right? Let my mind get a little chaotic and not be so super focused on my agenda, on my day, on my month, and my quarter. That's kind of my business mind that allows me to kind of go after the money I need and how to kind of close deals, But when I step away from that, I can think, okay, what is the path I really want? Get really clear on what's next for me and kind of create that. And the summers and taking off has allowed me to do that. And so that's where I really hope if you – I know the last podcast I spoke about that, taking off to really see where you want to go. Because when you're in the thick of it, right, when you're recruiting, 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 especially if you're working for someone else, it's really tough because – as soon as you can take your recruiting game to your own business, that can be a game changer. You only need one great client to do that, ladies. You will have highs and lows. won't be that steady income. But for me, it was so well worth it. And the high is kind of made up for the lows and the money. And you can kind of ride your time out. Um, you need know, to kind of budget it, make sure you're able to make that jump but i feel like when you're working for someone else it's really hard to ever have your own mind time under what you can do what you can build to grow where you need to grow because someone's often maybe telling you what to do and where to go and your time's just not your own and you know i've had the i think the very unique and cool experience as i was recruiting before i kind of got into high level executive search i did sales for many years sales teams and then did other levels managerial you know in the insurance industry and in the financial industry um, in the clean technology industry, right? All these different industries I've hired in the software industry um, and FinTech, of course, and just everything a little bit of, right? Um, it's kind of made me unique and, and different in a way where I don't have a niche anymore. Like I used to be all healthcare. I used to be all sales, but with referrals, I kind of go where the tie takes me. And the beauty of it, even though a lot of clients think you have to have a niche, really if you're a great recruiter and you can jump into any niche and be able to go after the best people out there and your network comes from great people knowing great people, you don't have to be, I don't believe... Um, Only in one niche. I like, for instance, when I jumped into insurance, I had no insurance background and I was out placing and hiring people that were insurance for many, many years. And it wasn't because I needed a big insurance background. It's because I knew how to go in and find the right person, right? Immediately. I knew how to connect quickly to the right people. I don't waste a lot of time. And so, you know, I've really been able to jump into any industry to do that. Now, I will tell you, I do lose searches because I don't have one niche. I do speak with clients and I still get no's before I get the yeses, and that's okay with me. Um, the people that believe in me, they you know we find the person fast. They um, have a great experience and helps refer to other people. But I definitely get clients. I can tell. in there, I had one recently that was in the education segment, and they wanted someone that had specifically education hiring. And you know, although I've hired in the education, I think it was probably ten years ago that I did some hiring, and it, and it wasn't hard. I found my person, but because I was in that niche, I believe they went. They didn't go with me. So I believe they went with a client that had a lot of education background. Now the problem with this is, and so you all know in in speaking to your clients, is that what they don't realize often if a client if recruiters are in certain niches, they have a lot of clients they can't go after, a lot of really great Um, people, they're, you know, executive CEOs, they cannot even call to talk about the client's job because, you know, you have a list of clients you're not allowed to call if you're in a certain niche because they're your clients. You've hired for them, right? There's agreements. So for instance, when I was the insurance industry or the financial, they gave me a list, a long list of people when I was a contract recruiter for them, working with them and helping them out of you cannot call these people. And they were often the best people. And in the beginning, I didn't know, I forgot the list, right? So I'd call them, I'd have a great candidate. Um, And I couldn't present it to our other client because they said, sorry, we were not allowed to use those people. Same with that. that was insurance I'm thinking of. That was a long list. in financial, same thing. Like when I was hiring for VPs of finance, I had a list from my client I was working with where I couldn't call on the Wells Fargo or the Vanguard or the EY because you know all the executives at my firm were golfing with them every weekend. Those were good, the bread and butter clients. So therefore, we couldn't recruit from them. And so that's kind of one of the little secrets <laughs> that I don't think a lot of clients know. Um, when they're looking for an executive search firm, they want someone right in their industry that it kind of shoots them in the foot. And that's where I think um, that's one area I can really help because when they come to me, I'm not in any industry and I don't sign any blackout contracts. Now, um, you know, I don't target clients I hire for, but luckily I've never need to because I'm pretty able to go throughout all the industries. And I go in and they have a CEO search, maybe get in and get out and find the right person quickly with sending no more than two, three people max. Um, it's been a beautiful thing. I'll also say, ladies, something to kind of give you a little bit of light into the future. Um, a lot if I was thinking just the insurance year specifically, I did insurance probably like 2019. Just about everyone I hired that um that year was while well, I was on vacation, right? And so here's how that worked: I did the hard work up early on, up front, right, and was finding the people. But I kept my vacations in place. And I know at the time, I only think the people I was working with. Probably appreciate that because none, no one else took as so many vacations as I did. But I already had my set calendar. I wasn't going to step away from that. Um, one of the owners there laughed, you know, the CEO, that you know my vacation schedule was like his, where you know every Easter I was off, every Memorial Weekend I took long weekends, you know, the summer off. <laughs> and but the reason they were happy to have me was because I would do the work when I was there, and then when I left, a lot of the deals would close. And I swear to you, it was like I didn't even believe it if I didn't see it. Every time I went off, which felt like every month there was a week off or something, I closed a deals while I was away. I almost felt like it was proof in the pudding to them as well that, hey, you can be off enjoying your life, but because you put in the work, the deals will still close. I mean, with recruiting, the beauty of this job that you know, ladies, when you're working it hard, um, you're working that. And then let's say it's the executive search, right? It takes you two to four weeks, maybe six, to really find that perfect person, but then the next couple months, you're just holding the client's hand and going through all the interviews that they have to go through and any of the hoops that are making that your candidate you know, go through. It's week to week touch points, but it's not the hard hunt that you first do early on in the search. That's why we get the retainers up front because that first month is hard work. That is the grind, so to speak. But the rest of it, the second month and third month as you're closing the deal and get them hired, and if you're helping them onboard or you're consulting, it's a little different. I've done advisory work and consulting where it goes past the three months because they want you to help onboard and. And you know, and as a good recruiter, I still touch in with my recruits, to make sure they're happy six months in, and a year in, because you know, for the guarantees, I give guarantees to clients for many months, or up to a year, and so I want to make sure that my investment is happy where they are, not going anywhere. Um, so of course, you do all those touch points, but the hard work is really upfront, and that's been my experience. And so, if you're able to think that way, and that's why, again, when you get to like spring and really just like do all the hard work, like we did. In, um, in May, especially, but for me, I did more even upfront first quarter, I still put a lot in knowing as summer's approaching, you know, it's going to be a fun time. If you can, again, think that way, if you can't do it right now, and if you're in the grind right now, that's okay. I don't want you to listen to me like, oh, well, easy for her. She gets to take off the summer. Remember, it wasn't always like that, Um, you know, especially my first five years of business. Um, Luckily, you know, that's when I had the babies and the nannies. But when I wanted to take off uh, in the summer, I had a mindset to wanting to do that and even thinking it was possible. Um, I think more people are thinking that way now because of COVID and the year we've been through that you're realizing, yes, you can work from home. I've had old clients that I was trying to get to make their recruiting force at home or at least in the work at home option and it was a a deal breaker, right? It wouldn't ever happen. In fact, one of the clients I really liked and enjoyed um, working for, I left to go on to other things because they just couldn't ever see their um, recruiters um, ever working from home and that wasn't a culture I wanted to work for later after COVID, you know, I heard from that CEO and he said, Hey, Diane, you are ahead of your time. We're letting our crews work from home. In fact, we're hiring nationally. If you're going to come back and and help us with that team, you're welcome here, which I thought was very sweet and humble. um, And I really appreciate that. But it goes to show that here, you know, now we're in 2021, you know, five years ago, shoot, even a few years ago in 2019, right? That a lot of these clients just couldn't see that happening where now they're building their sales forces and, uh, well, sales forces, you could always do remote because they were on the road, but even recruiting, you can be remote now, ladies. So I know I want to focus on summer and just summer enjoyment and not get into recruiting. My head goes there, of course, because I'm a recruiter and I want to talk about recruiting still. And I'm going to try to hold off that urge until the fall, except for those are you needing you um, different help. And I have those resources for you. So reach out to me at hello at Headhunting Housewives still if you're needing resources or feeling like I'm at the You're needing help. (laughs) I'm still here, but it's not taking on what we took on, um, you know, but in the spring. So, um, you know, just realize there is that kind of light at the end of the tunnel, but start thinking that way now, even if it takes you five years to get there or 10 years, whether it's through recruiting, you're going to build your recruiting gig out like I did, where I could kind of have the life I wanted, but still have the recruiting and it still fit in my life nicely now as an empty nester, so to speak, uh, when you want to have your own time and, and want to be doing all your work, you know, from your sunroom sofa or from your home office, um, you know, in a very nice atmosphere, or maybe your dream is to be in that sky rise office in the city, right? And build your own company. Um, and you can do that too. That wasn't my path that I wanted. Um, I used to hate having to put on heels and go in the city and, or fly to California and, and get all ready or go to all the conference. I, I liked it for a long time, but then love turned to hate sometimes, right? It's a fine line where it was so fun. When you first get to do it and then it became really old and I didn't want to do it. But wherever you are in that stage, let's say you want to do that, you can do that. I mean, I found ways back in the day when I wanted to get out of my bubble in Philadelphia, I wanted to travel, you know, if not the world, the country at least. And then I found clients that were willing to pay me to travel the country, right? And so just wherever, whatever stage you're at and whatever you want to do, just know that that's possible. Think about it, especially here these summer months, whether you're off or not, do it in the evenings with a cup of tea by the pool or by the beach if you can, or just in your backyard by the garden or wherever brings you peace. I'm like, all right, how do I want my life to look? Whether it's as a recruiter or as a housewife, wherever you're gonna take your, you know, mindset and what you want your life to look like, start planning through it in the summer. And that way come September, we'll get to work we'll make that happen. If it's recruiting, I'm your girl. I can definitely help you have make that happen more and more. But even if you're, you know, a housewife side of this headhunting housewife and maybe you want to become a headhunter or it's a set means to an end, right? Or you're thinking of something else. I think you still just want women supporting you. And I want us to do that regardless of if you're a headhunter or if you're going a different direction as a housewife or evolving it. You know, like me, maybe you're a headhunter that evolved into... Um, a writer or into recruiting, um, I'm sorry, real estate investing, those two don't pay the bills as big of a bang, um, bang a buck as the recruiting does. That's it. Am I saying that right? It's a bigger, bigger bang, bigger buck. Um, But it's a nice steady stream of income, right? And so you want other streams. So whatever it is, just know you can plan it, you can do it. Um, You're going to have the support system with the other housewives to help you get there. I think some of our groups next year, instead of being all about the headhunting, can just be the housewives group saying, okay, here's a group of ladies wanting to create what they want with their business. It might not be all headhunters, but this is still the same plan. It's still the same mindset around how you're getting your business started. It's the same mindset about how you want to think about the money um, and planning the goals. All those business things don't change, um, You know whether it's recruiting or anything. So you're going to have that support and I want us to all be here for you as you do that. So hopefully this was helpful. Again, these summer podcasts are gonna be a little more sporadic and just free flowing because I'm gonna try to get my business brain off recruiting and just really help with a focus on where to next and just a good place to be, especially here again, we're in June. So I want you to enjoy that time. So hope this was helpful, housewives and you had Honey Housewives and have a beautiful June day. I'm looking forward when my family wakes up going on another gorgeous hike and then probably swim in my pole in the backyard and enjoy the beauty of the day um, before I get busy to anything fun and new I want to focus on this afternoon. So um, ease into your day, ladies. Have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.